Hey, fabulous listener. If you want to become a powerful and profitable trauma-informed coach, my business partner, Kushla, and I have a special free five-day training starting next Monday, April 29th. To join us, you can simply message me the word powerful at Erin Anderson Trauma Coach on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find me at Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and we'll send you the details so you can join us. We're going to be sharing some special training on our body, mind, energy approach to help clients have faster shifts and healing and how we make a consistent five figures each month as trauma-informed coaches. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know may like, make sure you come join us for this five-day challenge. We're going to be sharing more in there than most paid programs. Hey, everyone. It's Erin Anderson with the Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching. I am super excited that you have tuned in today. Let's get talking about how to heal from betrayal trauma. Welcome to the other side of the struggle. This is a podcast where we talk about trauma, how to heal it, and then how to take it and use it to unlock your mission and your potential and to use it to live your very best dream life. When you're dealing with betrayal trauma, it can be hard to know how to heal it, how to stop the pain, and to know what your next steps are to take in your own life. And these are the questions that we try to answer here. Trauma has the ability to rob us of our joy and identity, which is why it's so miserable to experience. But with the right tools and with the right mindset, we can totally reclaim that joy and even use this trauma to strengthen ourselves so that way trauma does not knock us off of our joy again. Living your dream life should be a non-negotiable, but trauma tends to try to negotiate that with you. And even though trauma is not something that we will completely ever be free of in our life, the pain is negotiable. This is why I created Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and this podcast is because I want my listeners, I want my clients to live, truly live free from the prison that trauma can put you in. I want you to live on the other side of the struggle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Other Side of the Struggle. I'm really excited you guys are here. We're talking about self-worth and how this is actually a key pillar in setting really good boundaries that uh, tend to stay solid and unmovable when people try to push them or when they disrespect them, okay? Um, And... You know, we've talked a little bit about boundaries and like the different types of boundaries, but really there's different pillars to our boundaries, like different things that hold up the foundation, uh, like respect, right, uh, love. And I'm not talking about like the kind that's mushy and uh, causes like where you tell someone that it's not their fault, like where you coddle them. That's not love, right? That's actually disrespect in in a big way. True love is the truth. Like truth and love are actually very, very one in the same because we give somebody the truth in hopes that they can use that to live their best life. It isn't because we want to see something from them or one up them or I gotcha or anything like that. It's because we want them to be happy. 
So we're going to give them the truth regardless of their emotion, right? But this is, or I should say that regardless of their emotional reaction, but this is the reason why it's so important to have self-worth in the boundary setting process, because if you don't have a great self-worth and, you know, it's, it's something that we all, I don't want to say struggle with, but all need to improve, even me. Okay. And I've been doing this stuff for 10 years, right? And my self-worth, I'm still finding pieces to build into it and, and to solidify it and to make it stronger. But that being said, that doesn't mean that I'm not immune, like like that I'm immune to uh, somebody else's emotions sometimes, right? Um, I've sometimes still found myself kind of getting thrown when someone shows up in, in an emotional rage simply because I use the truth with them, right? Um, but my boundary still stays in place because it's cemented there with my own self-worth, okay? So it's really important to gain self-worth and to understand who you are when setting a boundary. Now, the last couple of episodes, you know, I talked about boundaries and then we had another fantastic episode uh, with uh, Trevor Henniger. Um, and uh, we had another really good episode with, uh, oh my gosh, Jeannie, Jeannie Spear. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm trying to think like I've got a lot of episodes happening right now. Obviously, this episode is being recorded before those episodes have come out. Um, we've had a lot of talk about like setting boundaries with God, connecting with God, um, how to live in, in an abundant mindset. And this is all something th- and, and also like with with setting boundaries. Right. But this is these are all pieces that kind of come into our self-worth. And. Um, We're going to talk a a little bit about self-worth, how to set it, and then also like how that transmutes into your boundary setting process. Okay, so first, let's talk about what self-worth is and how to gain it. Okay, so number one, a self-worth is a deep understanding of who you are. And you're proud of that person. Okay. Um. And that is something that takes, I think, some effort to get to an actual mental journey, um, uh, some mental lifting. Okay, Um, I had a client just the other day uh, and normally I schedule with my private clients at least an hour and a half to two hours um, to get with them and, and to chat with them and and to get kind of through their their things. Right. And what's going on with them that week. But this particular client could only handle roughly about 20 or 30 minutes. After that, you could literally see like the exhaustion come over them and and they were kind of mentally checking out and, you know, no judgment against this person at all. But I just noticed this. And and so I stopped the session for a second and I simply asked and we were talking about the self-worth. Right. And I simply asked, this seems really heavy for you what do you mind me asking is happening and they just mentioned that these are things that they had never considered never thought of before and um that their brain was just feeling overwhelmed and overloaded and the thing is is i actually see that happen more than once we had to we had to cut the session short and I had to send them on with some homework to do throughout the week. OK. But I see this more than once. Where somebody is working on their self-worth and they've got all of this mental uh, chatter happening in their head. And that mental chatter is often not supportive or conducive to the goals that they have set for themselves or uh what they want to do how they want to change it's actually they're sabotaging their ability to to get the results that they want and they find themselves really frustrated and they find themselves really stuck and it's 
it also correlates almost exactly to the way that their boundaries are being uh, created. This person that I was talking with, this one client, they were really struggling with creating boundaries and holding to the boundary and having any kind of new boundary because they didn't understand it. And, you know, um, this actually happens to be a person that I know personally. And um, I have watched people like literally mow them over, over and over and over again. Um, as, you know, this person tries to stand up for themselves or tries to set a boundary or anything like that. And they're finding that their relationships often do mow them over. Um, and so they feel like they can't set boundaries. They have a misunderstanding of what boundaries are. And it comes down to the fact that they misunderstand themselves. And if you remember, you know, we've talked about boundaries and how it comes down to like understanding your values and understanding like the pieces of yourself that you love, like your values and your characteristics. These are crucial components to your self-worth. These are things that you really, really are proud of with yourself, especially when you live them. Okay. But if we tell ourselves that we're not worth it, then we don't go get it. We actually tend to go the opposite direction of the things that we want. We, we tend to often sink into self-betrayal. And it's not necessarily your fault. Most of the time, people that come to my coaching doors, right, they have struggled with generational trauma. They've struggled with childhood trauma and people consistently showing up and telling them that they don't have the worth, right, in some way or another. Or, you know, that's not necessarily what the people are saying, but that's the message that they've taken away through maybe a negative experience or negative behavior from someone else, they might be saying, well, I'm not worth it. Um, A really good example of this is a wife whose husband is dealing with pornography, right? She might look at these other women who've been airbrushed um, and say to herself, well, I'm never going to achieve that standard. And so I must not be worth it. I must not be lovable. I must not be pretty enough. I must not be good enough. And so we have these doubts in our mind about the enoughness of ourselves, right? And because we're afraid of ever being enough and having enough worth, like really, really realizing that because then that means we're going to have to achieve something different, right? And that's uncomfortable because if you're sitting down in a negative self-worth or a low self-worth, it's very hard to see or to feel the kind of energy that uh, amazing creation takes if you don't realize that that's already a part of you, that's already there, right? That you don't really have to do um, much. When you believe in yourself, you attract good things. You're going to go out and create good things because you have a high self-worth and a high self-love. Okay. So why is that important in setting boundaries? That's actually a really good question. And the reason why it's important is because, again, your boundaries are violated when there's a value or a characteristic being called into question, right? Like, for example, you know, taking the woman whose husband has been dealing with addiction, she probably values her family. She values safety. She values peace. Um, And so, and she values having a family that is connected and who does things together um and pornography causes a big rift in all of that it just kind of tears all that apart it causes mistrust it causes 
uh, miscommunication. It causes a low self-worth and low self-esteem. People don't behave above what they believe about themselves, right? And so um, it's, it is calling, it, it's breaking that boundary. It, it's, it's kind of putting a cut in that value, right? It's, it's jeopardizing those values. It's injuring those values. That is why this is so hurtful to her. But without a good self-worth, it's really hard to set a boundary because you sit there. And I, I see this all the time in Facebook forums. I see this all the time in, you know, uh, on, online in, in my clients sometimes where they say things like he's done this he's done this he's done this but i still love him and you know i i feel bad for telling him he has to sleep on the couch or telling him that we're leaving or or you know all of these things right and it's because she this this is actually a really good example of someone who doesn't see their self-worth. Again, not their fault. And again, there's no judgment when I say this, right? But this is a person that struggles seeing their own self-worth because they are putting the worth of someone else in front of her own. If you remember the relational tears, and if you don't, go back and re-listen to that episode. Um, It's... It's down there somewhere. So you'll have to you'll have to take a look at it and see if you can find it. But you have your relationship with God or your highest form of love. Your relationship with self next. You cannot behave above your self-belief, right? You have to believe you are amazing. And so if you're putting somebody else's worth ahead of your own, you're trying to skip that entire tier in the relational tiers. And it doesn't work that way. The clearer you see yourself, the clearer you can see someone else. And the clearer you can see someone else, the clearer you can actually set boundaries for yourself that benefit you and the other person. Now, granted, that other person might not love the boundary. They might actually resist the boundary. They might fight against the boundary, right? But you still get to sit in the winner's chair. If they want to come and join in and realize that living this boundary means that they get a deeper connection with themselves and through that everyone else well then it's a win-win situation right but you can't do these things if you're putting someone else ahead of yourself someone else's wants needs and desires ahead of your own Heavenly Father created you, or I, your highest form of love, whichever one you choose to, to believe in, right? You were created out of love, out of intention, out of actual calculated planning. And with the very best of what the Creator had. And it's good to see that in other people. But you will never see it clearly in someone else until you first and foremost see it clearly in yourself. If your husband is struggling with addiction and you're like, oh, but I love him. I want to see the best for him. That's all great and fine. But you cannot actually do what's best for him until you do what's best for yourself and best for your family in these moments. You have to put these things on the table because then you actually will start to see the true version of this person and be able to act accordingly. See, it's one thing to see the addiction and to react to the addiction. When I was first, um, you know, dealing with uh, my husband's struggles, right? And 
and we were newly married. I didn't know what all of this meant, but I realized like how bad it hurt. I, I remember getting super angry at him. Um, and I felt like I was fighting against him all the time. But once I started understanding who I was and I gained a deep awe and appreciation of that person, I saw my husband so much clearer and my communication became clearer. So instead of calling him names and telling him he was horrible and uh, how could he do this to me again and I'm divorcing you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying divorce is a bad thing, okay? Sometimes that's necessary. But because I wasn't seeing things clearly, I didn't react in clear in clarity either. And that often caused him to sink deeper into the problem. However, when I truly saw myself, understood myself, and loved myself deeply, deeply and truly, I was able to see those same things in my husband. And so instead of getting angry and reactive, I became an active listener, an active supporter, and I actually made him an active participant in the boundary. Now, granted, he didn't get to set all of the boundary, right? But it became a discussion. What should we do about this, right? Because we can't keep having this in our home. This is not okay. It's putting the kids in jeopardy. It's putting their futures in jeopardy, and it's causing dysfunction. What do we do? We can't keep doing this, and you're struggling with this. So what are some things that you feel like you can do? So that way um, this stops. I need you, and this was my boundary, I need you to communicate those things with me. So that way I know what to expect how like how I can intend to act, how I can support you. What do I need to do? Because just sitting back and doing nothing isn't an option. That's not helping. But also being like the one that was completely in charge of the problem also was not helping. This caused him to start being more accountable to himself. And that is exactly where you want someone when their actions are violating your values and your self-worth. So how do you feel about boundaries? It's a legitimate question. A lot of people come to me really struggling with this concept. They often feel guilty for setting boundaries or they're not sure about even what a boundary is. You know, they've heard the term, set the boundary, things like that, but that's really confusing for them because it's not something that's well taught in our society nowadays, right? They know that boundaries are really important to having healthy, constructive, supportive, and wonderful relationships, but why? And oftentimes, they also know that they feel like their boundaries are being violated, but they can't quite pinpoint what the boundary is that's being violated. That's why I've created the Clarifying and Creating Your Boundaries free PDF. You can find out what your boundaries are, how to tune in to what the boundary needs to be, and how to effectively create and communicate your boundary. So that way you stay in this place that respects you, respects the other person, but also gives you the confidence in your boundaries so that way you stop being gaslighted, disrespected, and unseen. So having your boundaries really clear gives you a voice and also helps the other person stay in accountability with themselves. So that's not a role that you have to take on anymore. So if you are ready to really have clear boundaries, to really understand what your role is in the boundary, and to give yourself some safety and some protection against people that might try to gaslight you or are just being disrespectful, go grab 
my Creating and Clarifying Your Boundary PDF at AaronAndersonTheTraumaCoach.com. And while you're there, let's schedule a call with me. Come have a chat with me so that way I can really, really help you master this particular skill, creating boundaries, clarifying the boundary, communicating that boundary, and so that way I can also help you have relationships that show up to support you, cherish you, and love you. Accountable to themselves. When you have a good self-worth, though, you also understand that it's not you that's responsible for stopping somebody else's bad behavior. You realize that they have their own agency. But you also have the superpower of your own agency. So what are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it? How are you going to change the course of what's happening with your own agency? That is your superpower. And the more you get clear on who you are and what like your intrinsic worth is, which is a truly humbling moment, let me tell you. The more you're able to see the situation clearly and what to do. Okay. Um, so what happens so when we try to set boundaries, when we don't have a good intrinsic self-worth, when we don't really understand that? Well, that's where we get the leaky boundaries, right? Um, uh, there's another podcast. It's called Beyond Bitchy by Vicki Tidwell Palmer. Really good podcast on boundaries. Go listen to it. You'll love it. Um, but she mentions in there about like a leaky boundary. And it's uh, she uses the example of, say, you're at a company party. and there's just this one person there that everybody knows as being just kind of loose with with their morals, right? And they show up at the party um, really, really scantily cladly dressed. Maybe they've got this plunging neckline and this really, really short skirt that doesn't really leave much the imagination. And they're getting on people's desks and they're leaning over and they're being very provocative, right? Just to get anybody to come home with them and sleep with them, right? That's an I that's someone or an example or an, a kind of an extreme example of someone who has really leaky boundaries, right? Their boundary is, I want sex tonight with anyone. That, can, that will give it to me, right? But the consequences of that behavior are many. We've got STDs that we have to worry about. We have to worry about, uh, you know, a possible a stalking situation after that. Um, you know, we have to have some boundaries, some really deep-seated boundaries around our sexual energy, right? When we don't have those, bad things kind of tend to happen. But the other thing about that person is this is actually a good example of someone who does not understand their self-worth, right? One of the reasons why I am a deep believer in having uh, sexual relations after marriage only, like this is not something we do until we are married to the person we love, we cherish, we value deeply. And the reason why is because, you know, a sexual encounter is actually a very deeply vulnerable encounter. Which is also one, another reason why, um, you know, ba- uh, like pornography is, is deeply uh, damaging to the spouse is because this is like a time where they're sharing the most vulnerable pieces of themselves and it's not enough, right? They're sharing the most private, most inner parts of themselves with their spouse 
and it's it's not enough. That's another reason that hurts so bad is because we value being enough. We value being everything to someone else. But this person who wants just a one and done, who is just willing to sleep with whoever, they're not really seeing that worth. They're not waiting for somebody to come and share that worth with them. Right? When we're having sexual encounters before marriage, then we end up feeling the pain of comparison. You might have had an, a sexual account, encounter with one person and then an, a different person later. And the pain is, is you can say, oh, that person didn't give me a great sexual encounter. And, and you tend to compare the two. And that's very heartbreaking. Because then you're always looking for that next better encounter. Always feeling like you have to have more. And so you become more at risk of damaging your relationship with yourself. You become more at risk of damaging your relationships with others through this comparison. And feeling like you're never going to have what it is you want. Maybe it's not good enough, right? It's a good idea to only explore these these pieces with just one person, right? That's why we do this. And that's one of the reasons why having the boundary of I will have no sexual relationships until after marriage, is, is that's one of the reasons why it's important. A person that has a good self-worth often does feel that way. Now, I might have just, like, lost 50% of my audience saying that because that's not something that you know uh the world or or most people have have a view of they feel like you know if you're deeply in love with that person and you've had a committed relationship it's okay to have sex with them right but those relationships still can dissolve and granted even a marriage can dissolve right but there's certain commitments that you make to each other in a marriage Take the person that, you know, is just trying to take somebody home to sleep with them from that company party, right? This is a person that doesn't think they're worth anything better. When you realize that you have that or that you're worth the very best, you wait for the very best. This is part of the reason why. We also have the boundary, the the money boundary of I'm going to go out and earn my keep. I want to work for what I have or what I get, right? We feel sometimes, I hope, that we have the ability to go out and create money or We feel like we have the ability to go out and serve other people and provide a need for them, right? And these are things that bless our self-worth. They increase our self-worth. When we have these beautiful boundaries and we go and live them, we tend to attract good things to us and Our self-worth increases because we learn to trust ourselves. When, however, we're focused on all the negative and all the things that aren't going right, we tend to blame ourselves, betraying our own trust, and telling ourselves that we don't, that we can't have trust in ourselves anymore. Right? So the boundary tends to crumble. We tend to have really leaky boundaries when our self-worth isn't good. And because we become desperate in those moments, we, we feel like 
we're desperate for money, desperate for attention, desperate for friendships, desperate, desperate, desperate. And so why have it any boundary? We just want stuff in our space. But that creates chaos in our lives. And when we have chaos, we can't see truth. And more chaos projects more chaos. Boundaries give you the ability to create order in your life, to create that safety, to create the calm. And it has to first and foremost be because you believe that you are worth it and that you can do it. So how can we increase our self-worth so we can solidify our boundaries? And to make sure that we don't have leaky boundaries or no boundaries or a misunderstanding of what a true boundary is. Okay. Well, number one, I really, really love doing a thing called a characteristic study. Okay. Now, what I suggest doing is, you know, I love diving into scripture and looking and reading like like the characteristics of the prophets and the people that are in the scriptures, right? Like King David in the Old Testament. He wasn't a perfect person, no. And he definitely had a sexual trial, right? But he also had some really, really fabulous characteristics like honor, valor, courage, um, a a loyalty to God, um, respect. He was actually very respectful. Uh, there's actually a really awesome story about um, when he was actually not going to be respectful to somebody because they didn't respect him. And uh, the man's wife heard about this. And before David laid waste to his this other man that disrespected him until like before he gave justice and laid waste to his city and you know his home and his flocks and his herds and things like that the other man's wife came out and uh gave david like all the food that that he'd been promised all like and more and she asked to have the sin be upon her head This is Abigail, okay? And David thanked her for stopping him from doing something foolish. I love this story because it it shows some really great characteristics about David, right? The ability to be humble. Even though he was about ready to make a foolish decision, he was teachable realized very quickly that he would be making a mistake and was able to shift, change, and change the direction and the course of, of, of his life. What would have happened had, like, like maybe he never would have became king of the Israelites had he actually just laid waste to the city. Yeah, maybe he had the right to, right? But that's not what he wanted. That's not who he was. And he decided not to be in violation of himself by doing it. And allowing this other man to completely throw him off of his focus. The other thing, too, I love about David in in this is he, he was respectful. You know, he wasn't at the very beginning. But again, realized, hold on a second, I'm a respecter of persons. I'm a respecter of myself. I'm a respecter of my men. And just because somebody doesn't disrespect, just because somebody disrespects me doesn't mean I have to disrespect myself by becoming out of alignment with who I truly am. He also understood in this moment that justice was not his. And he allowed God to to serve justice and which God did the man who betrayed uh, King David ended up dying and Abigail married David herself right she was very beautiful and so 
we see these really, really wonderful characteristics in that story. I love the New Testament, too, and reading the characteristics of Jesus Christ. His love is legendary. I love how he shows love to people that are hurting, people that are prideful, his disciples, and how that love covers the costs of it all and heals people on a deeply spiritual and emotional and profound level. All because he was so loving and so truthful. I love those characteristics about him. I love how he was fierce in the face of evil. To the point that evil fled. He stood for his boundaries. He stood for what was right. But because he knew who he was. And he never doubted. I love the story in in the Bible of um, the adversary and him coming to tempt Christ for, you know, three times after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the language is really interesting. The adversary uses and he uses the same language with us. If you really are the son of God, throw yourself off this mountain. Have the angels catch you? If you really are the son of God, touch this rock. Make it bread. You're hungry. If you really are the son of God, fall down and worship me. And I love how Jesus responds to him every single time with truth. It is written Thou shalt not live on by bread alone. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. He was so anchored in truth, and he used truth to his advantage every single time. Because he knew who he was. And he never doubted. What if we knew who we were? To that degree, to that level. Would we have solid boundaries, too, that we don't move just simply because somebody demands that we do so they can have some element of control over us? No, we don't move them. Because we know who we are and what we're here to do. Following a characteristic study helps you do that. It helps you connect to things by saying things like, you know what, I really feel like I really feel like I'm a fantastic human when I respond with respect. I feel like a fantastic human when I understand love better. And when somebody isn't respectful to me, I know how to respond with love. That doesn't mean it's fluffy. It doesn't mean I have to enable them. It just means that I'm going to be honest and truthful. And I don't deviate from that. I love that I'm playful. I love being a mom or a dad or whatever it is. I feel fantastic when I'm in those roles and I'm responding to those characteristics, right? Um, but what if we don't, what if we find a characteristic that we don't feel like we have? For instance, I want to play the harp really badly. Actually, I'm great at the piano. I know the notes. I can play the piano, but I would really love to learn how to play the harp. But I'm not a harp player yet. But it speaks to me. That speaks very deeply to my soul that I am a harp player. So one of the things that I would want to do is go learn about how to become that. Right. So 
perhaps patience is a characteristic that speaks to you. You'll want to go learn about how to be patient. What does that look like? Get a definition, a very clear definition of what that is. Try that on and act the part. And see how that feels. And if you love the way it feels, the truth is you probably are a patient person. But when you feel like you're not being patient, you're just out of alignment with who you truly are. And so we get to set a boundary. If I'm feeling impatient, I walk away. They have to deal with themselves for a bit. Okay. Um, another really great idea to do is also to take a timeline of your gifts, your talents, and your trials. Okay. And see if you can't piece some things together. For example, like I said, I'm very musical. I love to sing. I play the piano. I write music. I write the lyrics, poetry to it. I write books. Um, I love to talk to people about healing, right? Obviously, hello, podcast and everything else that I do, right? Um, I'm organized. I love uh, serving people. Um, I'm very intuitive. Oftentimes, you know, I can kind of just connect with somebody and kind of feel how they're feeling often. All of these gifts are there to help me sit with someone while they're hurting. So that way they never have to be alone in their stra- in their tru- struggles and their trials. I can help them. But I'm also going to be there with a ladder to make sure that they don't stay in the muck, in the mud, unless if they truly, truly want to. My job and my mission and purpose to us is to help people out of that. But you can also see that not only just in my gifts, but also in my trials. I've had a lot of trials through my entire life that have been deeply traumatic. But I had to learn how to rely on love and truth, also known as God, right, in order to heal all of that. I had to learn how to let go of control. I am not a controlling person. I don't want to control another person, right? But I felt like I had to in order to have any sense of peace, right? But remember what happens when we try to control another person, we find that we ourselves are out of control, right? We can't control two people at once. We may as well control the person that's actually willing to be controlled, us, by ourselves, right? When you can kind of put this timeline together, what ends up happening often is you kind of, you, you can start to see some similarities, some pieces to where you are truly starting to get clarity about who you are and how awesome that person truly is. And from that, you start to communicate that way. When you get that deep understanding and from that communication comes really awesome boundaries. Because You love yourself so deeply that nobody gets to jeopardize that. True boundaries come from a feeling of deep self-love and deep self-worth. Because how we treat ourselves is how other people treat us, which is the truth. All right, my loves, I hope that this podcast was helpful for you this week. Um, Don't forget to go back through the last few weeks, listen to the episodes on boundaries um, and see how we can uh, see how those episodes can help you, especially if you're looking to learn more about boundaries and how to create them. And again, don't forget, click on the link below, schedule that call with me. If you'd like to have some clarity on 
your confidence. We'll do a confidence assessment. And how to create boundaries based out of your confidence. How to up-level your confidence. If you're tired of being gaslighted, if you're tired of the lying, if you're tired of uh, feeling crazy, or or like you can't have what it is you want because of the actions of someone else, schedule that call. It's completely free. There's no expectations, no sales on these calls. It's just me showing up to serve you in the very best way possible. Please feel free to schedule that call. All right, my loves. Until next week, from my heart to your heart, I'll see you on the other side. Bye, guys. Okay, so I've got a question for you. Have you joined my free Facebook group or Instagram page yet? If you haven't, go and do that. And this is the reason why. I always post my freebies, updated information, and all kinds of goodies for my community in that page. I'm also really active. I post videos. I answer questions. So if you guys really, really want to get in and interact with me, go like me on Facebook. Go join my group, The Other Side of the Struggle, Healing from Betrayal Trauma. Come find me on Instagram, Erin Anderson, Betrayal Trauma Coach. And come follow me because I always have something good there just for you, my audience. And I love connecting with you there. I also post any time that I have groups going on. I talk sometimes about my programs. So if you guys are interested in working with me or even just following me and getting as much free content as you possibly can, go hang out in my group. Go connect with the ladies that are there. Um, also come and join Immune and Unashamed uh, for those married couples that are following me because in that group, me and my business partner, Kaisen Kid, are also talking and offering some great content. Hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening in on this podcasting episode. Don't forget to tune in next week. It's going to